0: The soothing sounds of Too Short. Welcome to the inaugural NeverEnding Glory College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Moner, and I'm joined by three guys who will be very familiar to the fans of the NeverEnding Glory Podcast. We have with us Sean Z, Farkey, Jason Farkas, and Shill Nick Schillig. Gentlemen, welcome. And uh, let me just start with this, Sean. Um, since you're the kind of the veteran of the NEG pod uh, of this group, can you believe that this podcast has been so successful already that we have a spinoff series in the, in the works here? And it, does this make us kind of the say-by-the-bell the college years of this NEG franchise?
1: i got to say it's probably the, uh, the Miss Bliss say-by-the-bell or, or the Tory year um, with someone like you know Nick Schillig obviously being, uh, being the Tory of the group.
0: Or the Screech of the group.
1: Either one, yeah. Was, he, was Screech on it? Who wasn't on it? it was Kelly and uh, Jesse weren't on it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, for the college years. I think Screech was on. Uh, maybe this. since I'm kind of the new one of the group, maybe I'm the Bob Golick of the crew.
1: <laughs> or that Leslie. Yeah, that Leslie.
0: Is, Leslie yeah. was cool, though. I was a big fan she of sucked. Tori as well. I don't know about you guys.
1: She
2: sucked.
0: <laughs> Farky, how's the phone situation?
2: That's on AT&T, man. Yeah, they, they don't like any chats over ten people. It's a shame. Dang, keep them, keep them, uh, keep them low. AT and T don't like money.
0: Apparently not. Uh, let's let's get these plugs out of the way first. I'm not going to talk about it for ten minutes like really does, but uh, make sure you follow the guys over on Twitter at Glory Podcast. Hit them up on Facebook and iTunes at Neverending Glory Podcast. Rate them and like them, and you can email us or them and tell us how bad we are at negpodcast at gmail.com. But let's go ahead and get into the football. Don't even bring any
1: of that noise my way because I know I'm good.
0: (laughs) Hey, Right, yeah. Uh, Let's get into the football here, guys, and talk about kind of our general takeaways from the first two weeks of the season. And um, we'll start with just kind of some general thoughts here. It looks to me like a a whole heck of a lot is pretty much the same as it was last year. Alabama is still the team to beat. And Nick Saban is still angry. He's still yelling at people on the sidelines and throwing hissy fits. Uh, the officials still don't know the rules. They're costing teams wins. Um, apparently Mike Gundy and his coaches don't know the rules either. Um, the coaches still don't know how to manage the clock. And and the Big 12 as a whole doesn't play any defense whatsoever. Um, so, chill. Uh, let me get your thoughts first on just kind of the, what you've seen over the first two weeks of the season. I mean, I've seen
3: a lot of um, dominant
0: teams. I think Florida
3: State and um, and uh, Alabama are the you know the class of college football. Even though Florida State's got quite a test coming up, as um, I'm sure Sean will get into a little bit later. Uh, another thing that is hilarious is just how some of these teams, you know, as you probably want to mention as well, hate playing defense. I mean, it's it, it, it's unreal. Some of these games that are the Texas Tech Texas Tech game that was 65-55, you know, in the Middle of the fourth quarter, so um, you know offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators don't become head coaches. So I mean, there's really no reason to play defense in college football. The uh, the Big Twelve's an absolute disgrace when it comes to that.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And I got to throw this stat out there for Sean because I know Cliff Kingsbury is his boy. This is courtesy of Dan Wolkin's, uh Misery Index for USA Today, by the way, which is a good weekly read. But this is the third last week is the third time in the last twelve games that Texas Tech has lost a game in regulation in which they scored at least 52 points. That, that's pretty amazing.
1: Hey, I watched the game. Uh, I was just kind of laughing because, uh, honestly, some of these games, it looks like these teams are playing with nine guys. And, I, you know, they, they love to spread it out. And these some of these stupid rules in college with with the downfield blocking if you throw behind the line and, and some of the other silliness from the you know, run-pass option. You know, our, our podcast uh, super producer – Uh, Jerry Burris loves it, but I absolutely detest it um, to the nth degree. That's why it's refreshing to see kind of a team like Bama um, with their front seven
2: where they just rip faces off.
0: Farky, what about you? What have you seen the first two weeks?
2: Well, I'd throw Ohio State in there with with Alabama and FSU, especially over the last, I think, five to ten years. They've proven to be one of the the classes as well. But I like it. I like it when – when the teams that traditionally are the powerhouses are at the top. I mean, other people like parody, but, but for me, I I like seeing those, especially with the way they have the, uh, the playoff series. Now, you know, you get the, the top four teams. So when it's with those guys at the top with, of course the, the better viewership and, and the, uh, you know, the big names that's, that's for me, my favorite, but I, I agree with everything you guys said. It's it's been a joke in terms of defenses. Mike Leach, he he has some similar thoughts on that as well. He's, um, you know, provided some good content here in the first couple of weeks on how teams have been playing defense, and um, really, I'm looking forward to this week. The first week was obviously uh, you know, unique to to how the seasons have started in the past with matchups, but. Um, you know after kind of a, a vanilla second week we get into some some really big games this week so we'll get into those i know individually but um i'm just excited for the for the big games this week week 3
1: yeah, Leach
2: did have an epic meltdown, and I know, uh, Matt,
1: you're going to probably want to dive into that for a second, but if I could recommend one thing as we get this podcast going on a weekly basis is at some point we got to tap into uh, some, some Mike Leach sound bites just from his Texas Tech years, maybe his heyday, uh, working those Texas kids um, in that Texas heat. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> he, he had a good one from the news he conference. Had,
0: he had week. a really good one from the news conference last week, and it's funny because... He's he's going off about how you know they don't they don't uh, they're running routes that doesn't resemble anything that they teach and he's kind of having a little <laughs> mini meltdown. But if you watch the fourth quarter and down the stretch of their game last week against Boise State, I have no idea what what, what Mike Leach was trying to do managing the clock. So certainly on him a little bit too. But uh, you guys get some time, all you listeners out there, and you want to YouTube uh, his speech after the Baylor game a few years ago when he was at Texas Tech. It's a highly recommended listen. I know it's a favorite of everybody on this uh, discussion panel here, but uh, we'll save that for another time. I want to piggyback on kind of what Farkas said here and start with this week three matchup between Florida State and Louisville because Jay brought up the fact that uh, he's kind of more of a fan of when the traditional powers are at the top, and I kind of echo those thoughts. And it, this is a kind of a game to me where I'm hoping that or, or looking for Florida State to kind of tell Louisville to get back in the shallow end a little bit. But as I read and listen to people this week, I'm hearing a lot of people that think this game is going to be very close. Sean, you're a big Florida State fan. What are your kind of thoughts on this matchup this week? This is a noon game on Saturday, which is a little bit different, and game day is going to be there. What are you looking for in this matchup on Saturday? Well
1: Truthfully, I think it works out great for, for FSU. As, as an FSU fan since uh, since you know, the Casey Weldon days and, and even a touch before that. Um, so I go back on, on Florida State lore. I'll say this, uh, a first-time game day, Papa John's probably popping off at 7 a.m. and going to be ripped by 11.30. That crowd by second quarter is going to be ripe. And if it's at all hot, those cats are going to be like, Beat red and just burnt to a crisp, all sweaty and drunk from the festivities the past five or six hours. So I'm looking for a little bit of a muted crowd. If Florida State can get out early or at least keep it uh, keep keep them at arm's distance, I think they'll wear Louisville down. I am leery of Lamar Jackson, a Florida kid, um, not someone the Florida. State recruited, but someone that was pretty close to being a Gator um, and that Miami probably should have won after at some point, um, but never really did. So I, I'd give the slight edge to FSU. Vegas seems to have that indicated in the line. I won't be surprised. This is a tough game, and FSU's without probably their best defensive player in Derwin James for, for the next uh, five to seven weeks at least. He had a MCL surgery. If anybody's catching the Showtime show, um, it touches on him. And you know, kind of how everybody around the team views him, as well as the coaching
0: staff. I was going to ask you if you had seen the show. I watched it last year when Notre Dame was on it. What do you think of the show so far? I don't know why it's a half hour. I also, I mean, and
1: and it should have been out, you know, a week before the season started. But obviously, they don't do it until after because they don't want to give away certain things and lead up to the game that the the. Old Miss could see so it does this odd staggering and then showing preparation for the week of that game which you've already know the outcome of the game
0: right so it's a little
1: quirky in that regard but um no I mean it's 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 a good show it's just a little short for my yeah and
0: and I understand the preparation aspect of it and why they you know they show just real vanilla general things during practice but it does do a good job I think of spotlighting some of the personalities of the players and the coaches and I thought that was really interesting I'm sure With some of the players that Florida State has this year, Durwin James being one of them, Dalvin Cook, other guys, uh, it's a good kind of window into what they're like, you know, on and off the field. Um, Well, we got a a friend that, or at least a mutual friend from all of us that went to high
1: school with um, that's down there in Tallahassee and works for the athletic department. Um, But on top of that, you know, it it, it gives the other side of it, you know, with kids and with family and some of those things is particularly neat. And for a program like Florida State, who's taken some knocks the past few years. Um, Because of some things, rightfully so, and some other things that were a little bit overblown, you get the Travis Rudolph story, you get the stuff where they're in the elementary schools and they're doing some of those things. It kind of gives a nice, refreshing look at this, um, particularly from these kids that are 18, 19, 20 years old that I think people lose perspective on sometimes. They're not professionals. These are still student athletes, albeit the student part is a little loose. But, you know, it's something to put in perspective.
0: Yeah, I'd like to kind of see, too, how how Jimbo looks in that because I've kind of become a pretty big Jimbo fan over the last few years, the way he's handled all the kind of uh, hoopla and controversy that's surrounded the program. I thought last year, you know, love or hate Brian Kelly, I thought the show put him in a really positive light, and I'm sure it's probably doing the same thing with Jimbo.
1: I'd encourage you to watch it because uh, Jimbo, first of all, is a legit offensive coordinator, um, and play caller particularly even at the pro level, like he calls pro style offense and I think you see that with Jameis Winston a lot of their pro success so I think if if those haven't watched it, you get a chance to watch it it's impossible not to have a takeaway of high high impressiveness with um, with Jimbo Fisher
0: Last thing on Florida State before we kick it to some of the other guys. What did you think of the whole situation with Derwin James last week being an in, up five touchdowns? I saw a lot of people complaining about the fact that he shouldn't have been in the game and that kind of thing. What what was your takeaway on that?
1: They touched on it in in Showtime, and if you're watching the game as I was, they needed to come out for a series or two and just kind of sharpen up a little bit. They only played 30 plays in the first half. I mean – it, they had thirty plays against old Miss in the first quarter, so or or close to it. So you have to still get some reps, um, and it was going to be somewhat of a glorified scrimmage. So it's no different than him doing it in practice. So it's kind of a silly argument. It's just some convenient revisionist history. It's like you know, you should have pulled the pitcher after he gives up you know two base hits and a home run when he'd been cruising all along.
0: Yeah, I agree. You could you could get hurt as easily in practice as we've seen as just going out there in a the game. So that. You can't put guys on the field you know, in the, early in the third quarter and, and be afraid of them getting hurt. I agree with you on that. Uh, guys, this point spread. I,
2: I got a hot take. Yeah, for go you. for it. Louisville cannot play with FSU's athletes. There, hot take. This game does not interest me. I, I does it interest Sean, you? Sean's going to hate the jinx, but I, the line to me is the biggest joke probably of what will be the entire college football season. Oh, this is the well, i of I mean, on it, man. I'm going to be up at 9 a.m. at the poolside. Probably one of the only
1: people up there at, at MGM watching this thing at 9 a.m. I'm going to be, like, biting my fingernails because we got the kiss of death from the no- Never Ending Glory podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just I, – every, every year I can't stand – and it's personal because Louisville is probably the team that screws me the most when I'm playing games, betting games. Over the years, probably the last ten years, and I hated him when Teddy Bridgewater there, and I hate him now, and I, I just, I cannot wait for this quarterback to play a legitimate front seven.
0: Yeah, I, I tend yeah, to with
1: my team thanks to the
2: Nader. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I would agree with Farkey's take on that. I, there's no chance I'm taking Louisville plus two. Uh, I would need a lot more than that. I'll probably be on Florida State. Shelly, what's your takeaway on this uh, uh, on this matchup? Florida State minus two. I um, I'm actually scared Florida State, and um, the the
3: reason because um, I say that is the line actually opened up. Louisville was minus one. I uh, jumped on Florida State immediately, and then, um,
0: you know, obviously the money that comes in initially is usually the sharp people. The line went from what you're saying is you single handedly moved the line three points when you jumped in with your action. No,
3: um, it, it it actually gets worse than that. Uh, Florida or uh, yeah, Florida State opened up as one point dogs. It they went to four point favorites within about twelve hours, and uh, then once the uh, Derwin James news came out, the line came off the board, and uh, that's where the line sits at two right now. So, I guess Derwin James, according to the books, is worth uh, two points there. But uh, when I, when when I saw that come out as uh, Florida State plus one, I, I couldn't avoid taking it, but. That line movement scares me, so um But I think that's it, always a little leery of uh Florida State. Preseason though, I think it was like
1: six or seven. Now this is before Lamar Jackson's went crazy. Well, but again, yeah. he's going crazy, you know, against rookie level on N C A football yeah, right. where you have the the best guy and he just gets to run around and be Mike Vick and Madden or what. Oh, well, Jackson,
0: to, me, to me, last week, it was a perfect storm. They're on national TV, put up 62 points. Everybody sees it. He's got 600 and some yards against a team that doesn't even look like they have 11 guys on the field. You know, I think that's kind of influencing maybe a lot of peop- people hyping up Louisville in this matchup a little bit. I got to say, I'm definitely going to be on the Knowles on Saturday. Sorry, Sean, to put the hex on you. You're going to have the last word on this since you're a Knowles fan. What's your prediction for this matchup?
1: Knowles, thirty Louisville twenty seven, but
2: I am reluctant. Oh my god, that's you! That's you just doing the reverse jinx.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I I I get where he's coming from. I see him working. I appreciate it. I'd be doing the same thing. Let's move on. Three thirty, Alabama at Ole Miss. This is another pretty hyped matchup. We know Alabama has lost the last two meetings to Ole Miss albeit uh, some fluky plays happened in those couple games that influenced those losses. Uh, Alabama has been the most dominant team in the country to this point. They beat uh, the absolute crap out of USC in the first week, 52-6, to and they had uh, a 38-10 to win last week over Western Kentucky in which you know, basically both weeks Nick Saban said they didn't play very well. So that's a little bit scary, but that's also how Nick Saban rolls. Um, Barkey, what do you think about this matchup here? You know, Jalen Hurts is going into Ole Miss, a hostile environment. First time he's ever played in that kind of situation. Obviously, Chad Kelly's pretty experienced. How do you see this one shaken out? I like
2: uh, I like your take on that. I, there's truth to it. it. It definitely being an SEC game and playing on the road as a freshman, no doubt about it. It's not the same as, as the games at Texas and, and Florida State's freshman, I don't think, had it, you know at the beginning of the season. But, It is an SEC road game. It's a division game, but I mean, you you just have to use rationale and say: is is Ole Miss going to beat Alabama three years in a row? I mean, I know there's really, you know, there's there's really no uh, complexity to that take. But for me, it's just you know, Nick Saban. uh, He he definitely. uh, he definitely pulls away from trying to inspire his players from it being a, a revenge game. I know that, that he's, he's not a big bulletin board material guy. It's, it's going to be all X's and O's and athletes make plays and things like that. But I just, I don't see it happening three years in a row. They didn't play particularly well um, in either of the last two years games. It wasn't like it was a, a shootout where both teams were hitting on all cylinders. Alabama didn't play well. Um, seeing them dominate against USC. And I know, I know Western Kentucky is Western Kentucky, but my God, they gave up like 60 yards the first game and 22 on the ground the second game—just um, ridiculous. And then, um, you know, they do actually Alabama. Um, I didn't—I didn't really recognize this myself, but I, I saw some things during the games last week. You know that they play a similar defensive scheme to what FSU plays, and I think that'll cause a lot of problems again for for Ole Miss. Um, i I like foster i think eddie jackson has a big game this game um at the end of the day i think bama just wears them down um just just kind of plays a conservative game plan running back 1a running back 1b and and just really keeps old miss's defense on the field too long for them to make it real deep into the second half similar to what fsu did you know and then again they just they're coming off getting their teeth kicked in and i think it's going to kind of start that way against alabama too
0: yeah, see, that's the one question I have about this, this game going in. Is is Alabama going to be able to run the ball against uh, a pretty solid defensive line, Old Miss? Their, Alabama's offensive line the first two weeks has not played particularly well like we're used to seeing an Alabama offensive line play. They didn't run the ball very well last week, even against Western Kentucky. So that's the one thing that worries me a little bit about backing Alabama in this game. Sean, what do you think? I... I... I
1: think it's a thirty to ten type game. Ole Miss has does have an elite defensive line, or at least one that can match up with Bama, um, particularly against their offensive line. Where I think it's probably a a pro Ole Miss matchup there. Uh, but the back the back seven of Ole Miss isn't up to the caliber; isn't top twenty five caliber. They're just fortunate to have a senior quarterback and, a, and some really big time pass catchers as well as the defensive line. They're they're a solid team, um, probably a top 15, kind of the the 10 to 20 range team this year, Um, but they're not in Bama's class. It will take Bama playing particularly poorly and particularly poorly at the quarterback position and then maybe a blown assignment or two for this to be a close game. I can't see a scenario where Bama loses. I, I just really can't.
0: I would agree with that. I also don't know that I'm willing to lay 11, though, on the road in an SEC game like this. What do you think, Sheila, about that line?
3: I, um, as you guys will see throughout this podcast, I love home dogs probably more than anybody will ever imagine in your life. This line opened at 9.5, and and, uh, I took Bama, and uh, um, I absolutely love them. It's a double revenge game. I think they're gonna. I just think they're gonna pour it on. You know, the, the way that Ole Miss kind of collapsed against Florida State, it, it, it's hard to come back from that. That you know, that's. And I, I just don't see. I, I just don't see Ole Miss being in this game. I think I think Bama wins big and uh, they run away with it. So but, yeah, I don't think I don't think Ole
1: Miss is a one and two football team. It's just they they have a schedule where it was going to be very very tough for them not to be one and two. But I don't think they're gonna. I mean, this team could end up eight and three or something on the year.
0: Yeah, I buy that. Farkey, what are you doing with that line? Eleven. Playing it or staying away?
2: He's teasing it. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> I, uh, I got I got off the tease game, not enough not enough payback on that. But <laughs> that I, big I, win I, big. I'm with Sean. I would I would bet this game Alabama probably up to sixteen and a half. Whoa. Uh,
1: yeah that's yeah. <laughs> Uh, you got he your... wants to add points to it. Let's make this thing <laughs> difficult. What, what, I can probably what, get didn't that. You just say, didn't
2: you just say 30, 30 to 10? Yeah. Oh, no.
1: I'm I'm with you. I'm just saying if you want to make some real money, I might be able to, to get like a – I don't even know what the hell those are called, show You'll have to help me with that. But we can add some points to that line and make it a little juicier for you.
3: Alternate line. That's what you're shooting for, Sean. Alternate line. Yeah.
1: Well, but, what... but if they're favored in the alternate, you can double it.
3: I mean you can take it either way so you can
0: probably
3: you can you can add you can seventeen 250 or something
1: yeah mm-hmm. hey make the call for you if you need it
0: <laughs> well I, I was gonna definitely be staying away from this game until I heard Nick Schillig tell me that he's gonna be all over a double digit uh, road favorite so that may that makes me think a little bit about this game I'll have to get back to you guys on that. Uh, let's move to the two primetime matchups that are basically elimination games for the teams at home in terms of the college football playoff. Let's start in South Bend, where Notre Dame is hosting Michigan State at 730. Uh, Notre Dame obviously lost week one against Texas. Another loss would assuredly knock them out of the college football playoff. So uh, I don't like to look that far ahead. But if we're thinking of playoffs here, this is a must-win game for Notre Dame at home. They have won the last three meetings in this rivalry. They have not played in the last three years since 2013. Um, I thought Notre Dame would be favored in this game. I did not see Notre Dame opening a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Show, um, uh, what's your thoughts on this matchup? I know you're kind of a – I don't know if you're a quasi-Notre Dame fan, but you at least have some interest in the team. What do you think?
3: Um – when I look at this game, it's, it's obvious Notre Dame is the most talented team. I really wish we saw Michigan State play somebody uh, before this. Michigan State's you know really unknown at this point. Um, they played Furman uh, two weeks ago. I believe they got out through three quarters. Uh, were, they, were they sleepwalking or were they not that good? Um, I'm not sure. You know, when I look at this, Michigan State, it, you know, they, they keep reloading. But, um, you know, Mark D'Antoni is one of the one of the best coaches around. He's had, what, seven months to prepare for this game? Uh, he obviously didn't prepare for Furman. So um, Michigan State's going to make this ugly. I'm not laying seven and a half. So, uh, you know, I'm going to stay away from this game like the plague. But uh, I think Notre Dame's more talented, and I think they win a close game here. Yeah, you
0: know, as a Notre Dame fan, it, it – As everybody knows, it's going to come down to our defense. And and this matchup, I think, in the past has been a good one for Notre Dame defensively because Michigan State is not a team that likes to spread you out with athletes on the outside. They like to pound the ball, uh, run the football. Notre Dame's strength of their defense is their front seven. Their secondary has been absolutely atrocious thus far. They've had two starters suspended. Another one, uh, Sean Crawford, tore his Achilles last week against Nevada. He's out for the year. So the secondary is young and, frankly, just not very good at the moment. Will Tyler O'Connor be able to take advantage of that? I don't know. He's a very inexperienced quarterback. He does have one big win from last year when he filled in for Connor Cook, winning at Ohio State, albeit he wasn't really asked to do a whole lot in that game. Um, Turn around would, Yeah, right. But I would have to think even just getting that little experience is going to make him not be very intimidated going into uh, Notre Dame Stadium in a, in a night game. Sean, what do you think about this matchup?
1: Tyler O'Connor sucks I if Notre Dame gets to 20 points they win this game the line is quirky I wish it was four and a half I'd I'd probably jump at Notre Dame then it's just a full touchdown I I could see that half point you know being a loss or or and really it's a, a full point to if it was six and a half you can paint a scenario where they could be up by seven but um it may be something like you know 20 to 13 20 to 14 I think Notre Dame's safe in this one actually it's it's a pretty comfortable matchup as you said um and I, I think it's one of those where Michigan State was very kind of lucky to only be playing Furman because by all accounts the way they played in week one they would have got beat by pretty much any program with a pulse so I think this is a little bit coming to the light. I actually think Michigan State was set up for a regression this year, so this might be the first step towards that.
0: Yeah, this worries me because, as you guys know, I tend to be a very pessimistic fan, but I was much more worried about the Texas game than I was this game going into the year. I feel a lot better about this matchup than I did week one. I was trying to tell anybody that would listen that week one was going to be a very, very tough win on the road at Texas, and unfortunately I was right. Uh, hopefully I'm right here also. I, I feel pretty good. Torrey Hunter Jr. should play in this game. I think he's coming back. Deshaun Kaiser has looked great through the first two weeks. Uh, Notre Dame's been able to run the ball with three different running backs pretty successfully, so that bodes well. Um, I, I'm thinking, I, you say 20-13, to 13, I'm thinking more like 27-17, uh, something like that. Farkey, how do you see this one shaking out?
2: Well, you guys are you're forgetting the 1x factor. You guys have the number one pick in the
0: draft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right.
2: I mean that's that's
0: what everybody said. to right? be a
1: Cleveland Brown so yeah. he might yeah. purposely start playing bad.
0: That that worked out I mean, well last time.
2: No yeah. kidding. He, he better leave after this year because my god, two games, number 1 pick in the draft, done. Um uh, I am kind of a shill. I don't I don't know much about Michigan State this year. Um so the 7 would would maybe worry me a little bit, but I, I definitely like Notre Dame here. I it's it's part biased because I can't stand Michigan State from the Connor Cook years, but um, I do I do think they have enough athletes and, you know, standout guys over there that, that they're gonna probably outplay Michigan State. But yeah, the the other X Factor's definitely been their defensive backfield. So as long as those guys play probably even decent, I I think that they'll they'll have the game in hand.
0: Any last takeaways on this matchup before we move on? I, I, I probably will not play this game just because I don't feel comfortable laying 7.5 points.
1: I'll be drunk. I'll be playing this game.
0: Well, if I was in Vegas, I would definitely be playing this game. Unfortunately, I will be uh, traveling to a wedding in Virginia, and I will be somewhere watching it uh, where I can't put money down in the game. So...
2: I'll probably do my standard uh, if I if I don't know the line that well I'll just go money line with the team I like best
0: and And shockingly, Farkey, you actually hate Michigan State worse than you hate Notre Dame. So props on that.
2: I've grown to like Notre Dame more over these these past 10 years as, as more and more schools have have proven why not to root for them.
0: <laughs> Fair enough, I appreciate that. I'll take that as a compliment. Uh, let's move to the last marquee game of the day. And this one takes place in Norman, Oklahoma. At the same time, unfortunately, 7.30. This is the Ohio State University Buckeyes at Oklahoma. The Buckeyes opened, I believe, around a three-point favorite. That line is now down to one and a half. Uh, we have an Ohio State grad and a diehard Ohio State fan in this uh, on this forum. Sean, I'll start with you. How do you see this game shaking out? This This is obviously a must-win game for Oklahoma. And the first time that a lot of players on Ohio State's starting roster are going to play in a game like this. So how do you see this one shaking out?
1: I really, I mean, to me, honestly, it's a true pick'em. Um, I think I, I liked on the, with the players on the field, I'd make the case for Oklahoma. However, the guys on the sideline are unmistakably mismatched. Urban Meyer is likely to coach the pants off Bob Stoops and just like when Notre Dame went into Oklahoma four or five years ago, Matt, as you know, uh, and probably hold pretty near and dear. I think we were up in Cleveland watching that. Um, I was at the game. I, it just has the. It was oh, you were at the game. Okay, yes. um, so it has all of the makings for one of those kind of hang around and then Ohio State makes some plays. Some of their older guys, you know, JT Barrett or Raquan McMillan, um, uh, you know, a couple of those. If there's a matchup that terrifies me. As someone that follows Ohio State and likes Ohio State, obviously, having went there, it's Oklahoma offensive line versus Ohio State defensive line. Is Ohio State going to be able to scheme enough in the front seven to mitigate some of the disadvantage they have with sprinkle out as well as, you know, just the pure youth that they have, uh, across those positions. It doesn't look like Booker's going to play, or he at least got downgraded, didn't do much work today in practice. Um, how effective is he even going to be? Um, you know, you, you, they're just kind of that, that front sevens a year away and next year, they're going to be monsters, but they're just not here yet. And, A team like Oklahoma, who didn't run the ball against Houston nearly enough, are they going to be smart enough to simplify it? Are they going to keep it simple? I don't know if Stoops is going to have that thought process because he just likes to overthink himself, he and his brother, but it's right there in front of him. You run Perrine and Mixon 35 times, 40 times total, that's a tough, tough thing. The game's going to shorten. You're at home, night it's a tough conversation and um, scenario
2: to put JT Barrett and, and a young offensive team in. Keep yeah. it simple, stupid. I'm not a Baker May, Mayfield fan. I I mean, yeah, he put up good numbers last year and they had a good offense. But I, uh, overall, I just, I don't really like his style. He's, he's a little undersized. He, he plays that. You know, that small, um, elusive man's game, and it works in college football. But against a team like Ohio State, I guess the point is um, he's going to see speed he hasn't seen yet. You know, fast, fast speed. Um, Ohio State's secondary, and even their linebackers have proven just to to hawk to the ball. They lead the country in interceptions. Um, I think another advantage they have is... uh, Urban Meyer and, and his group—they spoke with Tom Herman this week, coach for Houston—and talked to them about uh, the way they played that matchup. So obviously, there's an advantage there. Um, I think um, on, the, on the flip side of what Sean talked about, I think Ohio State, you know, does need to gain some momentum up front offensively with, and be able to run the ball. Um, I, I think it's a pretty, pretty even game as well at first, just because I think we all have a collective. Um, disliking for Bob Soups, everyone wants to go in there and, and just you know beat up on them. But um, you know, staying grounded with with uh, you know what Oklahoma really is, which is a traditionally a good, solid, strong team, and they're playing at home. Um, I think it's it's going to be you know very very competitive, and, and probably like Sean said, to pick them. But uh, as long as Ohio State's able to move them up front and, and at least get some. You know, get some yardage early from from Weber and and Samuels. I, I think they can start to do some more things with Barrett and throwing the ball downfield. But um, the three four that Oklahoma runs does present some challenges with gapping and and things like that for the offensive line. So uh, I, I really think they have to run the ball first to you know to be effective in the game offensively. If there's one with with Urban
1: and he did this in the Michigan State game, and he's done it in some years past, the Virginia Tech game at at times, if they don't get some early offensive momentum, they can get really, really choppy with their offensive play calling. So that might be something to watch early on. If they don't get a couple first downs and get some confidence, they're kind of a momentum offensive team. And when they're clicking, I mean, they're just up and down the field. But if they're not, they can run into some trouble and a lot of three outs, and then that defense, young defense, is on the field a lot.
2: Yeah, yeah, and still early enough in the season where those guys aren't aren't in peak conditioning. Everybody can say, well, they're elite athletes and they go through the best conditioning in the you know in the country at, at that high level, but it's still it's still game speed and it's still only the third week of the season.
0: Yeah, I think Sean's point about keeping it simple is a good one because everybody talks about Baker Mayfield with Oklahoma, but they forget that they have two of the better, well, maybe the, the best one-two punch in the country in Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan. They need to be able to run the ball in this game, and and you mentioned the Notre Dame game from 2012, and all I remember about that game is Notre Dame just made a couple big plays here and there, kicked a couple field goals when they had to, and then late in the game when they were up a field goal, Oklahoma basically was worn down, gassed, shut it down, and Notre Dame ended up winning by 17. I could see that happening again this week in Norman. I don't know what I'm going to do about this game because when the line came out, I, I initially leaned to Oklahoma, because backs against the wall, they've got to win this game. I don't know about uh, – I really don't know how good Ohio State is yet because they haven't played anybody. But, show, what do you think about the line on this game and where you might play this? One and a half on the road, Ohio State favorite, what do you think?
3: Um, I, You know, as as much as what I just said, how much I love Alabama, Ole Miss can't go one and two, uh, I'm going to take the contrarian, contrarian view here. I – I just don't see Oklahoma going one and two. Uh, maybe it's conspiracy theorists in me where uh, I, I'm i not drinking the Texas Kool-Aid, so if Oklahoma loses here, uh, the Big 12 will not be represented in the playoff in, after week three. So um, I'll take the more experienced team, the desperate team. Um, I still, my off office, I haven't taken Oklahoma, but I, I don't see a scenario where I can take Ohio State in this game, even though, I think Ohio State's more talented. Um, you know, they're better, but I, I, yeah, I just can't touch Ohio State right now.
1: I'm so, a- sure, that's an interesting angle. That's that's a $15 million angle there when you think about if only one Big 12 team makes what the, the top eight or ten games. If only one of the teams does, because you know you're going to get two SECs schools more than likely this year, probably getting two ACC schools and two big 10, obviously at least one Pac 10 or Pac 12. But that that's an interesting angle to kind of take with it too, because that that's a strong case. If Oklahoma loses two non-conference, they got to run the table. And if they don't, they're not making uh, the, any of the premier money bowls.
0: Well, I mean, who's good in the Big Twelve this year? That's—I mean, seriously—that. Well, conference. and we'll get
1: to a game. I actually think it's there's a ready-made spot for one team in the Big Twelve to, to spring it. Um, I don't even know if it's an upset. You guys will call it, but the uh, the rivals of the Sooners. Um
0: huh uh, Yeah, I know where you're going with that. I know you're, yeah. we'll get there in a second. I'm assuming Farkey and Sean, you guys are taking the Buckeyes in this one, correct?
1: Very, very reluctantly, on
2: my end. Jake. But I'll still do it dr- drunkenly. There you don't go. Get that I, I, I'll t- I take the, I take Ohio State in any big game. So it's <laughs> just it just because it, you know it's the fan in me. I got <laughs> I got re- to watch the game and I got to have more
0: on it than just what's playing on that television.
2: You don't <laughs> subscribe to the
0: fade your home team theory like I did against the, the absolutely. Texas not.
2: I don't know if Ohio State's played a ranked team in the last fifteen years that I didn't bet Ohio State.
0: Ride or die I respect that Sean remember that's a 430 kick in Vegas so you can't I mean you can't oh go. trust
2: me
1: I am gonna be up at 9 a.m watching these games probably <laughs> earlier because I got to get a little game day text <laughs> and I expect to get some text from you guys like hey where are we leaning here on some of these other games
0: well I'll do the best I can uh, let, let's go rapid fire here through some of these other games. Let's start with uh, Colorado at Michigan. This line is 20-and-a-half in favor of the Wolverines. What do you guys think about this one, Shelly?
3: Um, I don't love it, but I'm um, assuming a lot of Michigan money is going to come in late when the public gets to this, so I'll probably take Colorado over three touchdowns. I'm thinking um, once this line movement happens, as I expect. Jay? Colorado. John? Spot on with Shilly's thought.
1: Wait it out a little bit. Let some Michigan money from all those – elite white-collar jerk-off yeah i agree 21 maybe 22 yeah
0: i agree i I just again this is another team that i have no clue how good they are colorado actually looked pretty good against colorado state so i will probably be on the buffaloes in that game uh oregon at nebraska this is a three-point line in favor of nebraska oregon's getting three on the road sean what do you think about this one
1: Another team we don't know. I'm going to take Oregon. Um, I just don't like Nebraska's personnel, and Oregon offensively has has enough, should be able to outpace Nebraska. It's a, it's a tough game. It's a good good little kind of mini matchup for, for a nice weekend. Um, so I'll take Oregon.
3: Shell sure. This is my favorite play of the week, actually. Um, I think Oregon's overrated. I think it's the worst team they've had in a decade. Believe they're starting three freshmen in the offensive line. I think this is an absolute trap. Um, I love Nebraska to run it down their throat all day. So taking Nebraska minus three pretty big. Jay, we got to start keeping track of this. Yeah, you know have, what? Uh, I,
0: you know. I will go back through the tape and chart these, and we will keep track for next week. Go ahead, Jay.
2: We'll grilly we'll post it.
0: Yep. Put them to work. Cross, crossing my fingers for a,
2: for a money line post Oregon.
0: Yeah, I. Shell, I I can't argue with your logic, but I have been burned by Nebraska, and you have too from last year, and I still have some emotional scars. So I'm going to take Oregon with the points in this matchup.
1: Tommy Armstrong with the point.
0: Yeah, I can't bet Tommy Armstrong, I'm sorry, and I can't bet Mike Riley either. Uh, Let's move to Pittsburgh at Oklahoma State. This is a a five-and-a-half-point line in favor of Oklahoma State, and this is a really interesting game because – Um, Pittsburgh coming off a big in-state win last week against Penn State. Oklahoma State obviously had their hearts ripped out against Central Michigan on a controversial ending. Who knows how they're going to show up for this game, if they're going to be angry or just kind of deflated. I have no idea what to do with this line. Jay, what do you think about this one?
2: I I like Pitt. like Subtle.
3: I I have no idea, like you said, I have no idea how Oklahoma State's going to respond after that uh, heartbreaking loss when nobody on their sideline knows the rules. So I'm going to stay away. Gun in my head, I would take Oklahoma State to uh, bounce back. Sean?
1: So I didn't know the line at all. It's a little bit frustrating. Um, I was kind of hoping it'd be, you know, if Oklahoma State was favored, maybe three and a half, maybe four. um, That's kind of into that weird Vegas zone. Um, It's probably a stay away. At the line, I like Pitt to win the game. I kind of like Oklahoma State, but that is obviously a razor, razor thin, or pretty close to it.
0: Yeah, I would kind of agree. I would probably look to either tease this game or play money line. But if gun to my head, if we're trying to make a pick, I'm going to pick Oklahoma State minus the five and a half. Um, moving forward with that comment,
2: you have to say who would be most likely to put a gun to your head.
0: <laughs> in, in this crew, it's definitely Sean. <laughs>
1: I don't even own a weapon. I ain't about guns. I love my, I love my hand, fist do the talking. Uh,
0: let's keep it rolling here. Texas A&M at Auburn. This is kind of an interesting game, too, because it's interesting to me that Texas A&M is getting three and a half on the road here. Sean, what do you think about this game?
1: I, I love Auburn in this spot. Auburn's defense has actually played pretty doggone well. I think it's a back-against-the-wall type situation. I think A&M has been a little bit overrated. Um I, I just I think it's a nice nice spot for uh, Malzahn. I'll say this: he loses this game,
0: so he gets He's a little hot.
1: Gonna, yeah, real hot yeah, because yeah. those they don't have the right perspective with that program.
0: Yeah, I agree. It, well, Cam Newton kind of skewed their view of what their program is.
2: Yeah, Jay. Unless it's unless it's something really really glaring, I I usually always try to take the SEC over the Pac twelve. So I like Auburn. These are two what?
0: SEC teams. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hold on, I don't see it on my sheet. I th- uh, you don't need a sheet. A and M, bro. No, I didn't. I didn't hear him say A and thought he said oh, Texas. Man. I thought he said Texas. It's oh, still
0: well. I mean, it's this. Big Twelve, not Pac Twelve, but okay. All this is staying. I said
2: yeah. Big. I said Big Twelve, didn't I? Oh.
0: you said Pac Twelve. All That's right,
2: all right. right. I'm uh, sorry. I'm watching the tribe. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Go ahead. Count it down, monitor. No, 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 no. No, There's we're no leaving counting.
3: this in, bro. No, no, no. That's staying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me your pick. Three, right, okay. three and a half. At least like,
2: Okay, I'll take. I'll take Auburn against another SEC school. Texas a and
0: Got it. Very good. Very good. Nice Nice job, hopefully. <laughs> You're hoping I edit that, but you know I'm not.
1: Uh, no one's listening anyway, like Harry Doyle said. <laughs> tribe,
3: tribe time. Hey, it's tribe time. Shilling. Uh, I agree with everything Sean said. Uh, give me Auburn with their back against the wall. Jay, whoa, 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 whoa. You,
2: you don't agree with everything I said?
3: <laughs> well, since, since you stumbled on everything and Sean's was nice and concise, I want to go off Sean's uh, opinion rather than yours.
0: One more SEC matchup here. Uh, and by the way, I'm taking uh, Texas a plus the points in that game. Mississippi State at LSU. LSU is a 14-point favorite over the Dak Prescott-less Mississippi State Bulldogs. Sean, what do you think?
1: This this game, this is like setting football back. It's quarterback right, quarterback left. Um, is not even healthy to play? Obviously, at that line, he must be. Um, I, I, both the... LSU has tons of talent, but their coach, like idiots, Mississippi State doesn't have enough talent with a decent enough coach. Um, where's it at? The game is at LSU. <sighs> Give me LSU, I guess.
2: Ugh.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, is there a chance anyone's betting this game in this group? There's no chance I am. No None. None. All right, we're Well, I, I
2: did I did trade for Dak Prescott in fantasy football yesterday, so I may be partial to taking Mississippi State. Yeah. What a reasoning.
0: Yeah, we're going to go ahead and just mark that one up as a no play, <laughs> and we're going to move on to the aforementioned Pac-12 USC at Stanford. Stanford is a nine-point favorite over USC at home. Sheila what do you think?
3: I'm tired of getting burned by USC. Uh, give me the better coach and uh, team at home. Give me a, a Stanford to uh, run all over them. Farky,
2: I like Stanford. I, I'm, I'm kind of a show. I, I can't stand USC. And my God, after watching them play against Alabama, I, I don't know. I might take Georgia State against them. And I don't think they have a football program. So,
1: oh, they do. They do. I bet it.
0: <laughs> Sean.
1: I'm actually going to take the points with USC. Stanford wins the game.
0: I am going to take the points as well. I think there's a little bit of value on USC because of how bad they were in week one
1: still. I Uh, agree. This line should be
0: seven. Yeah, I'm going to take the points there. I think maybe Stanford wins by three to seven, but USC covers the spread. Uh, UCLA at BYU. BYU is getting three at home from UCLA. I love BYU in this game. What do you think, Sean?
1: They're
0: getting three? Yes. BYU beat Utah last week. They lost by one.
2: At
1: Utah. Oh, you did? Nice. Um, No, at Utah, I said. Oh, yeah, it was at Utah. Okay. Uh, I'll take BYU. They're just a year or two older because of the Mormon mission, so they're a little bit stronger.
0: Well, we've talked about this before, not on a podcast, but it's so hard to bet UCLA because – they're just typically a soft team, and this is the type of game that they lose over and over and over again. So uh, if BYU coming off a tough loss at home, getting three, I'll take that all day. Joel, what do you think?
3: already took uh, BYU at plus three and a half, so I think uh, Josh Rosen um, is garbage. Yeah, so I, I couldn't I agree more. I,
0: Josh Rosen in the Texas A&M game was atrocious. I couldn't stand watching him. His body language is awful. That mustache is a joke. It's terrible. Can't stand looking at him. I will not bet UCLA the rest of the year. Farkey?
2: Wow. I'm, I'm going to fall into my trap because UCLA is right behind Louisville and teams that burn me. I'm going to take UCLA.
0: Wow. <laughs> interesting, interesting angle there. Okay, last Sets game. Sets himself a trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last game here on the slate uh, Texas at Cal. Texas is an eight point favorite at Cal. Schilling, your thoughts.
3: Um,. As I mentioned, I love uh love home dogs I think there's um two letdown spots this week uh, one of these is for Texas, so I will be on Cal and uh, another one is actually tomorrow night. I actually call me crazy I love Cincinnati getting eight against Houston so crazy. Uh, these are, a- a- after um you know Houston and Texas look so good in opening week these are uh two prime prime candidates for some letdown spots so I like Cincinnati and Cal um. But I also mentioned how much I love dogs, so
0: those are the two I like. Sean,
1: I like Texas in this game. I um, just they're they're a nice bounce back squad, and I think the schedule set up nicely for them too. Um, with the other game, just to kind of piggyback off that, I like Houston, assuming Greg Ward plays and he's you know even fairly healthy. I think. That seems to be the indication. Uh, I would take Houston.
2: Since his offense is a steaming pile of crap. Okay? I like Texas. I liked uh, I liked what they showed in their their big win. You like the eighteen wheeler? You like the eighteen wheeler from Joe oh. Tatsutore? Oh, oh my god! I like Texas. I like Texas. I do not like Charlie Strong, but uh, and I'm a kind of uh, just kind of rooting for him to to keep rolling here early, just to get back to. Like I said, I like the big dogs at the top, so they've been a joke for about five years.
0: Well, Cal is another team that's very difficult to bet. Uh, I'm obviously, at this point in time, a huge Texas fan, considering they beat Notre Dame Week 1, and it would look a lot better if they kept winning. So I'm going to take Texas minus 8 as well. Uh, If we're going back to the the game on Thursday night, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take... God, this is is a really tough line. It's actually 7.5 right now. I think if I can get it to seven, I will take Houston. Anything above seven, I may take Cincinnati in that game. Jay, you have a feel on Thursday night? Yeah, I I like
2: it. Even at seven and a half. I don't I, I don't like it any more than that or yeah, definitely not at eight, but I like Herman a lot and I think that he's the type of coach that'll motivate these guys, even if Ward doesn't play, I still like it at that line. I like Houston and then you can
1: go with the NFL Jets. Um you can go money line to kind of, you know, lessen the blow a little bit yeah i like the jets as
0: well i like the jets as well guys anything else for the good of the order before we wrap this up i mean Um, really just 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 for the record it was
3: very painful to put in those cal and cincy bets so i don't love them i just think they're prime let down spots so
1: yeah we gotta show you love cal and uh (laughs) whoever the hell the other team you took cincy yeah
2: he's like he's like that guy he's like that guy that that you call into on saturday mornings and pay like three dollars and he gives you the two automatic winners and they suck
1: yeah, and then you call him an hour later just for the shits and giggles, and then he tells you the two opposite teams.
0: <laughs> That's called a tout. I don't know if Schilling's quite gotten that big yet. We'll see. No, never. That's why we got never the got time, done. though. That's right. Speaking,
2: speaking of notable, Tomlin just won his first game in six weeks, so that means
0: Although, Farky, that will be dated by the time this podcast comes out, but I appreciate it. The tribe. Oh, hey,
1: this, or the Los Angeles Rams haven't scored a touchdown since December twenty fourth, nineteen ninety four. Wow, leave you that little tidbit.
0: You can find us at, and you can find Luke and Jerry also at Glory Podcast, and on Facebook and iTunes at Neverending Glory Podcast, and you can email us and those other two guys at negpodcast at gmail uh, guys, I
1: think we'll do a mailbag coming up here uh, if we can accrue enough. Obviously, we take a lot of um, of the pro comments. Any negative things, we'll go ahead and read, and then just ridicule you and your family on on, on the podcast. So uh, send the emails; we welcome them, but uh, just be uh, leery that we're going to come back at you.
0: Farkey, Schillig, anything to add?
2: Well, we're going to try to get Schilling set up on one of those uh, on one of those call in bet takes. So um expect that coming up soon
3: yeah call me saturday i got four locks four on the parlay uh,
0: I'll, I'll have to work on my voice a little bit
3: but uh we can get that going
0: farky where will you be watching the ohio state game at this weekend since you're the one that's uh, out of state farky lives in tampa florida where, where we got a buckeyes bar down there or what's the situation
2: i will probably be in vero beach we got to get him some
1: buckeye vodka or something like that I do have some buckets here, actually. Can Friends you take the
3: your case of Natty onto the beach?
2: Uh, yes, with my red solo cup. <laughs> it's America. You
1: can
0: do whatever you want, guys. And, and and with that, we will wrap it up. For Sean Z., Farkey, and Shill. this is Moner signing off. We'll talk to you next week, and good luck in week three.